This episode is supported by Messenger Girls, a faith and frontier book, boutique, and gift store. Go to www.messenger-girls.com and use promo code IGST10 for 10% off your order today. Once again, that's messenger-girls.com and use promo code IGST10 for 10% off your order. Hello, hello. Welcome to what is our podcast called? What are we doing today? Thank God she trusts Who are we? Podcast. We're gonna have to have prompter cards. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Total brain fart. Hi, it's the Ngachi Trust Podcast. I'm Kitri. <laughs> I'm Tasha. Oh, that was interesting. It's been it's been a week. Um, she was super excited because she like nailed a whole bunch of like things on the soundboard and then yep. she just yeah. Yeah, because you know, we like put <laughs> put in the ad and I was good, like, this is the messenger girls <laughs> podcast. It's not. And that's why I was like, no, We are messenger girls. We are messenger girls. We are God's messengers, but no, that's not okay. Anyways. <laughs> so um yeah. Today is the day before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and um, I'm sure, like, probably some of our listeners are going to be like, oh my gosh, it's going to be something about being grateful and being thankful. <laughs> no. The cornucopia of the spirit. The cor- <laughs> yes. Um, but this is something that, you know, le- at least for me personally, that I've felt like, because it is becoming so prevalent in our culture, that it's just something that we needed to talk about. Um and so we're going to be talking about new age practices in witchcraft. I put a spell on you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just like have that song in the back of my mind. But um, yeah, so it's just, I feel like this is a not Thanksgiving-y episode, but who cares? <laughs> who goes with tradition anymore? Who goes with tradition? I put up my Christmas tree the 4th of November, so yeah. It was pretty Thank you. Yeah, it looks nice. I love it so much. We're all different. Yes. We all have our routines. My family was like, you're not one of us. Because <laughs> <laughs> they are like adamant Christmas tree after mm. Thanksgiving type person, yeah. people. And um, the last couple of years, I'm like, you know what? I just need a little extra Jesus. Do it. In my life. And I was teaching my ballet classes and I put on like the Christmas ballet music. This is like the second of November. And my mom was teaching in the other space and she's like, no. And I'm like, no. It <laughs> October is done. The demons are gone and it is time for Jesus. She's like, okay. So we're, we're going to try to get rid of the demons. We're going to try to get rid of the demons, especially the ones attached to witchcraft and, and new age. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, you know, growing up, our family history has always been something that on both sides, we've been very fortunate to have had documented in depth. Mm. Um, so, which is rare because sometimes it's usually one family, but both sides of our families have books published that have the lineage all the way back to like the 1400s. And so what? that's so cool. My family's not that cool. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you guys. Super cool. <laughs> Ours is just super nerdy, oh, but I love it. Uh, yeah. So it's been really is fun. And, um, I remember doing a report in high school and like doing some in-depth stuff and we had all these really cool things but I was super excited because we had 
witches in Salem that were burned at the stake. In your family? In my family history, on my grandma's side. Were they actual witches, or were they innocent people that they just burned at the stake more because they wanted to yeah. point fingers and do all of that gross stuff? Yeah, I, okay. I mean, more than likely, I mean, I, I would venture to say on the side of history that the majority of everybody that was burned was really not, not a witch. doing anything wrong. You know what's like so weird in that point in time? They're like, okay, if you're a witch... We're going to tie a cinder block to your mm-hmm. feet and we're going to throw you in the lake. And if you drown. If you're a witch, <laughs> you'll you'll get yourself free. And, and then if you're we'll, not a witch, <laughs> you drown. You'll drown. And I'm just like, where was the common sense? Yeah. And if for whatever reason they didn't, then they went ahead and just uh, burned you at the stake anyway. So it was kind of a lose-lose situation. Yeah. But I think it was just a bunch of petty women who, like, were mad that another woman got a little bit more popular. And so they just were like, hey, uh, she's a witch. <laughs> or it could be. Or, I mean, you know, you think about when we speak in tongues. And that could oh, totally be seen if by somebody true. who doesn't. Because uh-huh. you were told by members of your own family that oh gosh, that was. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was so excited. Um, the The church I previously went to does not believe in speaking in tongues. I was very, very skeptical when a friend of ours, uh, sorry, by the way, guys, I'm a little sick. So if you like think I sound more like a man today, it's she's the of that. sexy Lauren Bacall type of, <laughs> Oh, like Phoebe Buffay, you know, when she gets <laughs> sick and she like thinks she has a sexier voice. <laughs> Way to throw other friends reference. I love that show. Anyway. So yeah. Um, I had like, was kind of afraid to tell my parents like, Hey, I got like this heavenly language. It's not crazy. And so like, I started getting a little bit more bold and I told a family member, of mine and they're like yeah that's witchcraft and yeah. I was like no it's not um no it's not and but it and I've told you this before but it was a family member who like never reads their bible ever and then I'm just like you literally don't crack the book open so you can't tell <laughs> you me. have no you can't tell me it's witchcraft mm-hmm. um and witchcraft takes you further away from god it does not bring you closer exactly. to god and ever since I've you know I've been able to speak in tongues it's only done um the opposite where it pushes me closer to God and I can hear his voice more. They're like, yeah, no, that's witchcraft. And the person that told you that is known as a witch. And I was like, are you, are we in Salem? <laughs> I, I kind of like looked at them dumbfounded. I was like, what are you talking about? But, but it's very true. It's, it's all, all it took back then was an accusation and then you were marked. And yep. so it, it could totally be something like that. Yeah. And oh yeah, we used to be super, just, oh, it's so cool. We had witches, you know, in our family in Salem and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And, yeah, and then the more that you learn about, and I think I it was a couple of years later, and I was, well, I was in my early 20s, and I was teaching mm-hmm. Sunday school to freshmen and sophomores um, back in Kansas. And yep. I started, I, I decided I wanted to talk on this subject. And so I did this big research and I wrote like a 10 page paper on Deuteronomy and all the things it says in Deuteronomy about. And, and I was just like blown away. And we had, we had, because it was cool, book of spells and stuff in our house because we had found them at like, from your family history? Well, not in from our family history, but we had found them at like pawn shops or, you know, thrift bookstores. And they were just really beautiful and they are beautiful. really cool and especially like the binding on them especially yeah. if they're like centuries old and they're like they look really yeah, I mean neat. think of the the eye book and hocus pocus you know it's they were I, all like that okay so here's the thing <laughs> that I have been very tormented with she's gonna tell you her favorite movie I love Harry Potter yeah I love hocus pocus I don't know what to do with that <laughs> because <laughs> I know. You guys can't see, but she has a sorting hat on right now, too. 
I am a Hufflepuff. You're, I was going to say, you're such a Hufflepuff. <laughs> we just probably just like lost our artifact there. You're talking that witchcraft is bad and you love Harry Potter and Hocus Pocus. I'm not done yet. Just wait. So I know that I believe in demons. They are very real. The Bible says that there are two spirits, evil and good, angels and demons. And so I love Harry Potter. I love Hocus Pocus. But I have a hard time wanting to watch them because I'm like, if I do, am I opening doors for something? You know what I mean? Depends on you. And um, because recently the Lord told me I can't listen to true crime podcasts anymore. And I love true crime. (laughs) And so I had to stop that. And there were things, like there were movies that I got rid of out of my apartment because I didn't want that. But I couldn't throw out my Harry Potter movies. And and it's not necessarily because, like, I'm connected to them and I'm, like, not crucifying my flesh. I mean, maybe that that is it. But, like, it, when it came to, like, scary movies, horror movies, I don't keep that stuff in my house. I don't do horror movies. Right. I can't. Um, but, like, before I really, like, started diving deep, I love Harry Potter and I love Hocus Pocus. And so part of me is like, okay... Could it just be a movie? But like in my mind, Harry Potter, it's like it's still good versus evil. It's still the light overthrowing the darkness, but it's still rooted in witchcraft. But you also have to take a look at Tolkien, C.S. Lewis. Very true. um, Lord of the Rings series. I love Lord of the Rings too. I'm a big nerd. I love Narnia, but that is is based on that C.S. Lewis, who is a massive Christian. Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings off of... I mean, he was. Biblical concepts. Uh, he and C.S. Lewis were very close. They were yeah. part of a group called the Inklings, and they would skit together and they would read each other's stories as they wrote them, and they would yeah. criticize them and help them. And so, Lord of the Rings is actually rooted on the good versus evil as well. Yep. So and it's based off of Christian Christian men. In right. um, yeah, and so I know some people are like, oh, if you're Christian, you can't read Harry Potter you can't watch Harry Potter you can't watch anything with witchcraft I feel like that's something that you have to discern for yourself if the Lord tells you to not watch it to not watch it so far he has not told me to not watch it yet if he tells me to not watch it I will cry because sometimes like obeying God it does isn't fun (laughs) but you know also what you what you say about the um about the not listening to true crime podcasts Mm mm-hmm we've said this before and we actually talked about this in um, Mm -hmm. a group Bible study that we had last week, but what's true for you or what the Lord tells you Mm -hmm. not to do. So she's not sitting here saying nobody can listen to true crime, but for her, that's what the Lord is saying. That's kind of a, yep. That's what the Lord spoke to me. Yeah. And you know, like I said, what, what is in the Bible is black and white, but then what the Lord tells you to do, um, that's different. That's where the discernment of the Holy spirit comes in. But yeah, so that's like, (laughs) I hope like people are like, you can't do that. And some judgmental Christians will do that. Yeah. I mean, I know know? some, I know some people even here that, oh, I used to work at the library Mm -hmm. and the whole Harry Potter thing was Mm -hmm. totally. Yep. Absolutely not. How can you let your, how can you even have these in a library for kids? Because this is just straight evil type of thing. Yeah. I think personally, I love them. Yeah. They have a good message. And it depends on you. 
I mean, yeah, it depends on the person, depends yeah. what the Holy Spirit tells. And if he tells me to not watch it anymore, I'll obey. Because yeah. I'm with you, those the scary movies, that's something I can't do. And that's <laughs> something that since I was a kid, I've never been able to do because it allowed for... Um, that spirit of fear. A huge spirit of fear. And I remember as a kid, not even... I mean, I would I would hear like voices in my head. And it was so weird because I would start seeing like these weird shapes in my head. I would too. Or right? like out of the corner of my eye, something would move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I had like these phobias where like I couldn't sleep in my room. I had to sleep like on the couch every night. I had a blanket and if the blanket was backwards, then bad things would happen to me. Mm. Like I had all of these things as, as a young kid. And then I would remember waking up in the middle of the night because I was so freaked out that yep. like my, I would be under the piano, like, in a ball and my mom would have to come and pick me up under oh, the piano. Yeah, that's definitely not good. And, and I would just hear all of these things in my head and it, it abated a little bit as I got older. Yeah. Uh, however, I would still get them even into my twenties. And I learned that to the only way that I could get rid of them is to speak the name of Jesus over it. Yeah. And they would immediately cease. Yeah. And in my personal opinion, I feel like horror movies, especially stuff like that, um, is an, is absolutely an open door asking for those spirits mm-hmm. um, just because of where it's rooted. You could totally argue that about the Harry Potter movies. You could argue that about Hocus Pocus. You could you could literally argue that about a lot of stuff. But for me, I just, I don't do the scary movies. There are other certain things that I just, when it involves that dark spirit realm where it's not necessarily a fight between good and evil and good prevails, I don't do it. Well, it's, it goes back to that spirit of fear. If something puts a spirit of fear in you, mm-hmm. then you probably shouldn't yeah. continue on to that. And I think that that's why potentially like for Harry Potter for us, like they're entertaining. There's no like fear. There's nothing scary there for right. us. Um, but those evil is defeated. Good wins. Right. You know. yeah. And you know how that's going to end. But when you're watching like these true crime movies or horror movies or listening to these podcasts or whatnot like it allows in that spirit of fear and we know that the bible says that the lord says i didn't give you a spirit of fear Mm -hmm. yeah especially like there's this really big show that has come out on netflix and like being a true crime geek i totally would have watched this before the lord told me not to and that's the Dahmer series there's something about serial killers that is just enthralling to a majority of i would say women for some reason, I like, at least from like the daddy issues, <laughs> I don't think I'd go that far. Um, but there's, you know, my mom would always ask me, why do you listen to that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. And it's because I can't imagine doing something that grotesque. And so it's interesting to me to see like what created that person. And 95% of the time it is abuse in childhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just kind of what it comes down to. Um, but then the, you know, the podcast I was listening to good podcast, they would also talk about like supernatural stuff and witchcrafty things. And they were very into, um, the crystals and the astrology. And I think that's why God was like, mm-hmm. nope. Um, so yeah. So I, I, I feel like we're going to <clears throat> upset some people with this episode I think so just too. for the fact that like, I mean, the thing that just popped into my head is the signs, you know, people following signs and in mm-hmm. the, astro- in the astrology. astrology. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what, what is that word? Yeah. But that's the horoscopes and stuff. Like, honestly, that's not biblical. That's not nope. good. You're it's not, not supposed to follow that stuff. It's not. And like, 
if you're listening and you follow that type of stuff, I just ask that you give us grace and you hear us out. And then you seek the Lord after, after a lot of this stuff. But, um, the Bible is very, very black and white when it comes to witchcraft, when it comes to crystals, when it comes to astrology, to find, to finding your path in life through anything other than the Bible. And that's Mm -hmm. what that typically is. is And it turns it into an idol. It turns it into a God. Yeah. Because Um, you're looking to see, well, what's my day going to be like, or what's my week going to be like based off of this. And that's not where we're supposed to find our source. Yeah, and the biggest, the biggest, I think, verse that was very, very, because, um, like, I've researched this because I didn't want to get on here and have, like, anybody who's like, oh, you just don't know what you're talking about. I did research. Um, like, I went on to, like, crystal sites and stuff like that because I wanted to read what they believe. Because um, I, I have friends who kind of are into that stuff, but nothing super, super big. But um, Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 13, um, speaks directly to these practices and it says when you enter the land the lord your god is giving you do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire those were sacrifices of Baal mm-hmm. back then disgusting stuff sickening um going on it says who practices divination or sorcery interprets omens engages in witchcraft witchcraft or casts spells who is a medium or spiritist or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord because these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. It's very in black and white. Yeah. It is de- Those practices are detestable to the yeah. Lord. We're talking about Ouija boards. We're talking about consulting oh. mediums. We're talking about um, looking at the stars for things. We're looking at reading these horoscopes. The paranormal it's all, and yep, the crystals. and yep, All of these things. And it's stuff that is so prevalent, and especially in this age, and I think that's why... Um, Kitri really had a heart for this this week because she's she's seeing it more because I think it's more for your generation. Yep. It's not so much in my generation, but I think it's this millennial generation yep. that and we're the new age really practices seeing. really started making a comeback in the 1970s. And I have a heart for this because I'm I'm gonna be right out there. I consulted a medium mm-hmm. once in my life. I had <clears throat> I had just suffered a miscarriage, and I was heartbroken heartbroken of course it was within the confines of not being married so I had a lot of guilt already and um of course it was like an unplanned thing but um no one ever fully like prepares you for what that feeling feels like um you think you know I've heard a lot of people say oh well it wasn't born yet you know that kind of stuff but no, that was, that was still my kid. That was still my son. And so I was just heartbroken. I was just so deep in grief and I was asking God why, you know, um, I'm not going to go into the whole detail of everything, but I was just asking why would I was asked, I was like, why would you allow me to get pregnant and then take it away? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, (laughs) I went to this lady, um, and she legit looked me dead in my eyeballs and she said, I am a white witch. I am a witch for God. Mm. <laughs> That's what she told me. And because I was not fully, like I had not fully given my heart to Christ then, um, I just didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. I was very, very ignorant to it. I hadn't read the scriptures. I wasn't in my Bible. I mean, I was clearly living outside the word of God um, at, at that point. So I went to go see her and I had no idea 
what I like what doors I opened then and it wasn't until like this last year where like those doors that I opened came back to haunt me and when she talks about opening doors mm-hmm. into like your spirit mm-hmm. that's something that people just hear and take lightly and they don't understand the true reality they mm-hmm. don't grasp the actuality of the fact that it opens your soul opens your spirit your spirit your sorry your mm-hmm. spirit mm-hmm. for demonic influence to come in yep and people it, they can stay they can stay very stagnant for years in your yep. body and just appear at the right time mm-hmm. people who did Ouija boards as kids and not knowing any better but yet it opened up a spot in them to have that demonic influence in their life. And I've said it before, and I think it was the first episode, but we are more spirit beings than we are physical beings. And the world we live in is more spiritual than it is physical. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we are so oblivious to how much goes on in the spirit realm, both, both good and evil. Um, I think we'd be shocked if our eyes were fully open to what goes on. And I think, it would change a lot of people's mind, but that, that opened a door and those demons that I let in, mm-hmm. um, were dormant for years because they didn't need to do anything. I was living outside the word of God. I wasn't living for God. I was, um, I was being a detestable Christian, which are the Christians who claim to be Christians, but don't actually act like them. And it wasn't until I actually started living in the word, which they started coming back for me pretty much because they didn't want me to go f- towards God. Um, so I consulted a medium when I was 24, yeah, 24, 25, somewhere around there. It was back in 2019 and it had lasting effects. And, um, like I had to shut those doors and I didn't know how to do that. And it was only until I started reading my Bible more and my eyes were open to it. Um, but you know, and then I used to, you know, I used to read my horse horoscope because, um, I was, not wanting to follow God. So I followed the world instead. And, you know, she was just like, oh, what is my horoscope going to say? Oh, you're going to do this or you're going to find love or it's going to be a weird week. And, um, and a lot of people are going to say, oh, it's just fun. It's just for, it's not for, it's, it, it may be seemingly worldly fun, but it's not good for your spirit. No, because it invites demonic spirits to rule you Mm -hmm. and like to kind of like transform your mind. Mm And, you know, we're probably sounding a little bit weird. But, you know, when it comes to the astrology, people look to the moon and the stars for answers. But God is the one who hung them. Mm-hmm. Isaiah forty twenty five, To whom are you comparing me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one is missing. He's the one who hung them. We get to look upon them as beautiful creations of God. We don't get to look upon them and mm. worship them or nope. find answers in them. Well, and he's more powerful. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the the moon is powerful because it brings in the waves and it kind of keeps everything. But he hung the moon. He knew exactly where to put it. And so instead of putting our faith into tangible things that are going to be destroyed and recreated because God tells us that he is going to um, make a new heaven and a new earth and all of the former things will pass away. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to look to the one who hung them, who created them, who told them 
you know, hey, moon, you're going to control the tides. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to come out um, in, in this time or you're not going to. I mean, he's the one who told them all exactly what to do. And he's he's more powerful. Well, in this game of things, if you are not looking to God and the Bible for answers on any aspect of your life, or if you're looking to future things through horoscopes or mediums or things like that, Mm -hmm. that's, it's, it's very simple. If you're like, well, I don't know what's right and what's wrong. If you're not looking for your answers in, in your Bible or in prayer, then it's not right. No. If you're putting anything above God, it's going to be destroyed. And once again, Isaiah is so good. I really like this. Um, Isaiah 47, 12 through 14 says, um, Keep on then with your magic spells and with your many sorceries, which you have labored at since childhood. Perhaps you will succeed. Perhaps you will cause terror. All the counsel you have received has only worn you out. Let your astrologers come forward, those stargazers who make predictions month by month. Let them save you from from what is coming upon you. This is where it's like getting heavy. Mm -hmm. Surely they are like stubble and the fire will burn them up. They cannot save themselves from the power of the flame. These are not coals for warmth. This is not a fire to sit by. Let's look at the example. I mean, and it goes just off of this, you know, Mm -hmm. the the fire will consume you. Makes me think of Moses and when he had to go before Pharaoh and he, God told him to throw his staff down and it would become a snake, right? So Pharaoh saw that and he was like, whatever. He was like, here, magicians come up. Mm -hmm. And their magicians came up and sure enough, they threw their staffs down and they became snakes too. But what happens next? The snake of Moses went and consumed the snakes of the magicians. Yep. Yep. Satan allows, if you're looking to do witchcraft, if you're looking for ghosts, Satan, You're going to find yep, them. Satan will absolutely 1000% allow you to see those because things. Because it's real. Yeah. It is real. Because, but they're not ghosts. No. They're demons. Yeah. Uh, thank you for saying it. <laughs> um, I know, I know this is going to really piss some people off, but it's being said in love. Um, death is hard. Mm-hmm. When you lose somebody that you really, really love, um, especially if it was suddenly or unsuddenly, death is really, really hard. And I know a lot of ways that people um, cope with it is um, they look for signs from that loved Mm -hmm. one from beyond the grave. Um, It's not them. And like, once again, I'm I'm trying to say this with love because I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to heart, like to break people's heart again, especially when loss is such a hard thing. But I've heard of so many people say, oh, uh, my grandma sent me a sign from beyond the grave or my grandma visited me in my room last night. I knew it was her or, you know, or they've um, connected with paranormal. um, I I don't know, like what they what they use in order for like voices to come through. And they're like, they they knew things that only my grandma knew or they called me the the name that my grandma knew. Um, Like Tasha said, that's not your grandma, that's a demon. Mm-hmm. It's called a familiar spirit. Um, and I'm not calling your grandma a demon. I'm saying that your grandmother's soul, there's only, the Bible talks about there are two, two ways it goes um, after death. Um, it goes up or down. Um, some people think that um, if they're not a believer, they go into like a holding cell of just like kind of calmed, calmed down condemnation um for when the final judgment is and then they'll be cast into the lake of fire or if they're a believer 
um, their soul is sent up to heaven. Um, and I believe I have it in my notes here somewhere. Oh, it's in, yeah, Hebrews nine through uh, nine twenty seven talks about that. Um, that when a man dies, he faces judgment, and he goes one of two places. Mm-hmm. Um, and it talks about how, um, like we're not supposed to consult the spirits of the dead, and it's because it's a familiar spirit, mm-hmm. which means it is a demon that has learned your family, mm-hmm. learned the characteristics, learned the names you you know that you have been called. And um, so if you're looking for those signs, you'll get them, but it will not be from a spirit of light. It will be from a spirit of darkness. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of people think that, you know, ghosts are real or ghosts from family members are real, but it is a familiar spirit that knows your family because demons have assignments on each of us. Yep. And especially though, like the demons that have um, been attached to families through generational curses, um, like, I've watched this um, one pastor. I can't remember his name. I'll look it up in a second. But he is, like, the leading expert in exorcisms. And he's performed, like, 40,000. He's, like, the world expert um, of exorcisms. And he said, first and foremost, if you are a Christian and you believe that Christians cannot be possessed by demons, you are wildly incorrect. Absolutely. Um, because he says, if I didn't have, if that was true, he says, I would not be the world the, the world expert in exorcisms. He goes, you would be surprised at how many good faith-based people, including like pastors and leaders in the church, have had de- demonic attack and possession within them, and he has cast spirits out of those people. Um, because uh, the human body is made up of a spirit, a soul, and then a physical body. The spirit, if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit, lives within that. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, well, there's a verse that says that um, God cannot live with evil. Yeah, God can't. But we are still within our, our broken human bodies. On earth, which is... On earth, earth yeah. which is still broken. And we will not get our glorified bodies until we pass away from this physical body on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a soul, which we are in charge of. We decide where it goes, um, if it goes to heaven or hell, based on like being obedient following God's word, following the world, whatever. And then you have the weakest part, which is the physical body. And um, demons can 100% mess with that. And it doesn't manifest in ways that a lot of people are going to think when they think back in demon possession where their, you know, heads spinning around and their eyes, you know. It can come up in, like, sickness. Sickness, depression, um, so many different forms. I mean, sickness, I think, is one of the most common ones, yep. I would say. Yep. And we're not saying if you have cancer that you have a demon. No, absolutely not. That's not what we're saying. Absolutely not. But God has a call over our bodies that we're to be whole and that we are to be healed. Yep. And we have to look to him. Yep. To do those things. The, the whole realm of demons is such a broad spectrum Mm -hmm. and it's hard to grasp sometimes especially when it's not one that you want to open your mind to but Uh that's what it is I mean we literally are living spiritually demons and angels all around us all the time we can't see them but they are there yep yep and um I know that I even have leaders um good Christian leaders who will massively disagree with me that they 
think that Christians cannot be possessed by, by demons. But, you know, I think the more that you think about it, um, and the more I thought about it and prayed about it, the Holy Spirit revealed to me that, you know, what I just talked about, the spirit, soul, and body, and that the body is the weakest part, so demons can do that. And especially if we open doors for them, like we talked about. You know, if we open doors through astrology or through mediums or witchcraft or whatever, that is 100% inviting them in. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had people say, you cannot get a demon unless you invite them in. That's not true. Not true. Because once again, the generational curse or the generational cycles, you can break that in Jesus' name. You can. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but... But no, you don't have to sit there and be like, oh, demon come upon me. And then I'm going to say I cancel the assignments of those words because I know, yeah, <laughs> like, I'm one. so freaked out about it. Yeah. Um, but, we, you know, you, that's not how it happens. Well, yeah, inviting them in is, yeah, like Tasha said, not speaking it out like that. It's through through different things. And a, a big one, um, people are going to think I'm nuts, is through sex. Yeah. That's a huge one. Um, especially if it's outside the confines of marriage because uh, it creates what's called a soul tie. Yeah. And um, like I said, we are more spirit beings than we are physical beings. And so when you intimately interact with somebody like that, their demons are now yours and your demons are now theirs. And so that's that's another way of inviting it in. Um, there's just like different ways. That's why, you know, we have to be sure that we are following God's word and his, and being obedient to him, because he knows so much more about what's going on right now than we could even possibly imagine, and I'm not going to get into the whole sex thing, but that's like a, that's a, another really big prevalent thing in our culture, um, but there's just lots of different ways, and it doesn't always have to be evil, it could be through generational curses and all that kind of stuff, but you can um, denounce them in Jesus's name, but yeah, this guy, the leading expert and he said out of the 40,000 he's done 30,000 have been from Christians Mm -hmm. or from believers of some sort um and a and a lot of them also because I mean he said because if you're not living a life for God demons don't really need to mess with you that much well that's why they stay dormant yeah and so many so I mean just like you said for you yeah you weren't living your life it's, it's dormant the minute that you start, and we've seen this in our lives, the minute that we start trying to do or um, like really go out there and reach yep. people for Christ, that's when we get attacked the most. Yeah, because they're just trying to keep the kingdom of God unpopulated mm-hmm. as much as possible. And so, I mean, it makes total sense. I mean, you wouldn't just attack a random person. Who do you attack? You attack your enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I just whack, whacked my microphone. <laughs> Um, but I mean, even like you can look up Micah three, seven, Micah five, 11 through 12. It talks about how God is more powerful, um, than the witchcraft. And then, you know, than of, um, the crystals and the sorcery and, and all that stuff. And one that I, I really thought was good is, um, revelation 21, eight. And, you know, if you've read revelation before, it talks about, um, the end times and the, the second coming of Christ, but, Revelations 21, 8 says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all the liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Mm. And that's in the New Testament because I've been giving a lot of um, verses in the Old Testament, and I know a lot of people are going to be like, ah, it's the Old Testament. It passed away when Christ came. Nope. Mm -mm. He was the fulfillment how many times the in the Old New Testament. Testament does Christ refer back to the Old Testament? Oh, so many times. And especially um, 
there's many in um, Galatians. Uh, I can't think of it right now. I'm going to think of it, though. Oh, Galatians 5.20 and 21. Um, there's stuff in Acts that especially talks about, like, the familiar spirits, um, you know, that we talked about that ghosts aren't a legit thing. Um, it's a it's a familiar spirit. Um, Acts 16, 16 through 18 says, Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave. This is... Um, Paul and Silas, um, they're in prison and they're writing about it. Once we were going to a place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. So she's just being annoying. She's just Mm, yelling and yelling. That's what demons do a lot of times also is they just make as much noise as possible. Oh, they're so annoying. Like, shut up, (laughs) Um, which is exactly what Paul does. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed (laughs) that he turned and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. Um, And then it goes on to talk about her owners got so mad because that was how they made money was off of her fortune telling because this demon was possessing her. She put him out of work. Exactly. Mm. And... I mean, the the magic and the sorcery and all that stuff, it can be very, very convincing. Like I said, when I consulted my medium, she talked about my grandfather, whom she would have never have known. Mm-hmm. Like, she was like, did he serve in, like, somewhere in Asia in the military? I'm like, yeah, he was in the Korean War. And, like, she, she brought all this stuff up. Mm-hmm. She would have never have known. No, but her demon did. Absolutely it did. Um you know, and then it kind of, you know, once I kind of figured this out, because then she said the spirit of my son came through. That wasn't my son. Mm-hmm. That wasn't him. <laughs> it was it was a demon trying to kind of pull me, pull me over. And once again, that was rooted in loss for me because mm-hmm. I was looking to get answers. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't him. And once again, Isaiah, you guys can look this up. Isaiah 9.3 talks about familiar spirits, and it talks about that there are spirits, angels, or demons. That's it. It doesn't anywhere in the Bible say ghosts are real. Nope. Like it doesn't say anything like that at all. Nope. Well, and it also says in Second Corinthians, once again in the New Testament, Second Corinthians eleven fourteen and fifteen says that demons masquerade themselves as angels of light mm-hmm. or servants of righteousness. They put on a mask, but and it, so they're meant to deceive you like yeah, that. And that's exactly what I didn't say. It's that deception because it says angels of light. It, they masquerade as something good to fool you. Exactly. And that's what's so hard for people because I guarantee there's going to be p- people listening that say, but I didn't have a bad experience with the spirit of my grandma. It was a beautiful experience. There was nothing evil about it. There I just was felt nothing. love. Yep. And, yeah. Yep. It's because they masquerade been, themselves. Yeah. There's been times where like I'll have exceptionally vivid and wake up and feel still feel my grandpa's presence because I've just had a dream and I still feel mm-hmm. or I wake up and I can smell him um Ooh, and that's it's creepy yeah and it's 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 different yeah you know do I sit there and say you know oh that was my grandpa I'm not saying that was a demon either I just think that that was something that you know subconsciously mm-hmm. I was able to just out of out of a deep desire of just 
loving him yep. and missing him that it manifested in me. Yeah, um, and it's okay to miss your loved ones. Yeah, it's absolutely okay. The loss of it is so hard when you don't know Christ, and that's so important is that yeah. if you're feeling just completely grieved, God doesn't want you to feel like that. No, absolutely That's not, not what he needs for you. The only way that you're going to find solace and peace in that loss is to find it in God. Yep. And it's not an easy road. And I'm not sitting here saying that you can't grieve for your lost ones at all. It's, it's healthy to grieve. It is. You need to grieve. You need to sit down and cry, cry. about it or talk or yep. go to therapy about it. It's healthy. Yep. It's not saying that, but how do you overcome that and not let it just fester in you and destroy you for the rest of your life? And that's to find your peace in God. Absolutely. And the reason why Kitchery's talking about all these verses is it goes back to, if you don't know, then get in the word, get in the Bible. All the answers are there. If you have any questions about any of any of this, Mm -hmm. what is right? What is wrong? Why is it wrong? It's and, all in the Bible. And I can't promise you that we're going to have all the answers. No. Because we're growing just like you are. And we're learning just like you are. Um, so I'm never going to tell you that we know everything when we don't. But also, I never want to get on here and talk about something that Scripture does not back up. Right. And so that's why, you know, I really want to make sure. And I, I'm better about the addresses today, <laughs> you know, about <laughs> stuff. Because, you know, it's easy to say, oh, you know, the Bible says this. And I... I'm terrible with addresses. I really am. I'm not good about remembering stuff. But I want people to be able to be like, all right, let me go find it for myself and read it for myself. Well, let me give you the address to it. But And she's talking scripture. Scripture like addresses. Verse. Yeah, scripture, chapter, verse. Exactly. But especially with something this, let's just say it, dark. It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. Um, you know, especially when it comes to like seances and Ouija boards. I will not touch one. My mom, my mom told me a story about when she was young. I remember this. She's told me this years ago, but she said that she was over at a friend's party and they popped out a Ouija board and she said, that sucker worked. Oh yeah. She said it moved and, but they were calling upon whatever it took to manifest itself. That's why they work. Because you're asking, you're asking for, for it. it exactly, and that is like in an, you are legit asking in yep. that kind of game, you know, in seances. And but all of this stuff is deeply rooted in the occult. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up because once again, I did research for this. Occult means hidden, and um, oh, I I just talked about needing having the addresses. <laughs> I'm I'm going to look it up. <laughs> it's not off the top of my head. Um. What is hidden in the darkness will be brought to light. That's what, scripture. What is that? <laughs> hidden, hidden. I'm, I'm Googling it. <laughs> There's so many things that you can categorize as the occult anymore, though. I mean, it is absolutely crazy. Luke 8, 17, American Standard Version. For nothing is hid that shall not be made manifest, nor anything secret that shall not be known and come to light. So the occult means hidden, mm-hmm. secret, all of that stuff. So that's where you kind of have to, you know, that's where a red flag pops up for me because I don't like secrets. <laughs> she says in a secret voice. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> like secrets. I'm like the type of person I like research. Mm-hmm. I like logic. Um, and especially if I feel like something is like being hidden from me, mm-hmm. I don't like that. Um, so yeah, there you go. There's the address. Luke eight seventeen. So let me ask you this. Do you feel like 
Because you've talked about having some wicked dreams. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Yep. Do you feel like those heightened after you went and consulted a median? No. No? You just Mm-mm. feel like they're just something that... Um, I mean, I've always had really weird dreams. Um, but sometimes it's like my mom is a, like a centaur, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on an airplane going to Canada. I mean, I don't know. I'm, it's weird. Um, it wasn't until I started realizing they were more spiritual until I started giving my life back over to Christ. That's when I would have demonic attack during my, in my dreams. And I think I told the dream in, in the last season where I was in the bathtub, um, in my dream and like I was sitting in like mud and blood in my bathtub and there's nothing else in my apartment but I could hear something like this evil spirit and I was freezing but the water was scalding hot and then the water started crawling up the walls and and then it started pooling over my head and this was um this was literally right after I called our friend um who I was just like I because I, I what was happening which made me realize that I had opened a door Years ago. Now, this was years. This uh, So I went and consulted a medium in 2019. This was 2022. 20, this was in February of this year. Um, and I called her and I said, I don't know what it is, but the more I've been reading my Bible, the more angry I get reading it. And I could feel something in my, like in my gut that whenever I'd open it up, this anger would manifest and sometimes it would even come out and um, my eyes would feel like they were on fire where it would hurt to look at my scriptures. And um, so I called her and she asked if I had done anything recently, like witchcraft or anything like that. And I'm like, no. And then I went, oh, but I did a few years ago. And she goes, bingo. And so she helped me over the phone, denounce it, kick it out of my apartment, all that stuff. That night, it tried coming back for me. Because the scripture says um, uh, that if one is kicked out and it is not cleaned up, it'll bring seven Seven, of his friends. That's scary. And so this was what happened to me in my dream where it attacked me in my sleep because they're too cowardly to do it when I'm awake. That's how they work. Mm -hmm. And so they attacked me in my dream and I was in this tub and the water started pooling up the sides and it collected in like a big pool above my head on the ceiling and a drop of water came and hit me on the forehead and as soon as that hit me on the forehead I had this gray black thing wrap itself around my neck arms it had three claws with like talons about five inches long just disgusting and um, it was like hissing this dark language in my ear and it was pulling me under the water trying to drown me And in my dream, I was just like, no, I was ripping at it. I was like, you're not going to have me. And I'm screaming at it. And in my dream, I bit its arm off. And what's weird is I can remember the texture in my mouth. It was like biting through hard jello. I know that this is getting gross. Um, and And I woke up and I was sweating profusely. Like I had just ran a marathon. My dogs were freaked out. And I went to the, I went to the bathroom because I was like, oh, it's just a nightmare. I went to the bathroom. I had red marks on my neck. It attacked me in my sleep. Didn't get me though. Um, and that's just like, a, that was when I first started noticing they attack me in my sleep. Um, and that's where I get the weird dreams from sometimes or where I start getting those spiritual dreams. And I think God um, is starting to give me dreams from him. Um, but that's when I started noticing the spiritual dreams and the, the dreams about the snakes mm-hmm. um, and the snakes biting me is like de- de- demonic attack. Because they don't like me anymore. I'm not on their side anymore. Right. Um, 
But that's when I started noticing the dreams is when they were starting to get mad that I was for Jesus, not for them anymore. And they couldn't live in me anymore. And the, I can't remember who said this, but they say that a human body is just a house for a demon. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so easy to, to penetrate the, the weakness of the body, not the soul or the spirit if you're in control of that. You're in control of your soul by choosing Jesus or by choosing the world. Um, but the human body is uh, it's just a, a Very home, susceptible. Very susceptible to, to demonic attack. So that's when I started noticing that. So now let's talk about the denouncement. So mm-hmm. for those of you who are questioning or wondering or saying, I absolutely know that something is in me because yep. of this. Um, <clears throat> not saying that there are specific things out there that aren't demons, but I'm going to say, you know, I I have somebody that I was very close, that I am very close to, who was very schizophrenic mm. and um, dealt in drugs and whatnot and things very... That's another open door. That's another open door. Drugs and alcohol. Yep. And... They remember very clearly the episodes that they would have with the schizophrenia. Yep. But it was only after they found Christ in their life and they were able to denounce those. That it stopped? That it quit. Yep. Yeah. And medically, it shouldn't have because that's a condition. Mm -hmm. But in God's realm, anything is possible. Absolutely. And it completely cleaned out. Now, let's talk about drugs and alcohol. Again, a huge, huge inlet for demons. And I've lost somebody very close to me because they wouldn't let those demons go. And they lost their life to um, repercussions from alcohol. Mm -hmm. But so we've got all of these things, but you talk about this denouncement. So can you tell us what that looked like and how that sounded? Yeah. um, You know, it was when I was just having my eyes open to this type of stuff. So I really didn't know what to do. So luckily I have a really awesome friend who did know more than me <laughs> and she helped me with it. And this was over the phone. I didn't need a, I didn't need an exorcist. I didn't need a priest. I didn't need anyone uh, but more Christian than me to come do this because um, the authority of Christ lives in me. Mm-hmm. The same spirit that raised him from the dead lives within me so with that authority that raised christ from the dead and then that he cast demons out as well that's oh, in us as well absolutely he cast out demons tons of them yep. um and so it was just speaking christ over it um binding the evil spirit um and casting it out saying you cannot come back here i break um all authority you have over, over you had over me i break the assignment that you have on me or my family um i break the the curse that you have put upon me you have to speak that out because In Jesus name. um god is also very very legal like he says like if you're under this authority that's the authority you're under and so um some demons can have legal right over you, but you have to denounce that because they got it first. Um, I wish I had more to back that up with. Um, I listened to a sermon once where I talked about that, and it was really, really good. But um, you have to break that, and you have to speak it out in Jesus' name. 
I, I cancel the assignment of you against my life in Jesus name. I cancel the generational curse that you have on my family in Jesus name. I break this. I bind you. Um, I bind you and I throw you and I cast you into the pit in Jesus name. You just, um, I think personally, I don't think it's enough to just cast them out of you. I think you have to cast them back into the pit where they rightfully deserve to go. Um, and whatever is bound on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so then what I did afterwards is I bound the strength of Christ into my apartment and over my life. I said, you know, in Jesus Christ, I, um, I command the angels to come and protect me, form a hedge around my house. Um, only God's mercy dwells here in Jesus' name. Um, Jesus is the only spirit that is welcome here. The Holy Spirit is the only spirit that is welcome here. So that's kind of what that prayer looked like. It's very simple. And I went around with um, some anointing oil and I put it over my walls as well. Um, but it's just honestly just denouncing it, saying you don't have authority over me. You don't have any legal right over me. Whatever your assignment was in Jesus' name, it is broken. The chains are broken and you are cast into the pit in Jesus' name. You are not allowed back. You do not get to attack me anymore. You have no right over me or my body anymore. And that's that's what it looks like. Um, but they they only leave if you have the authority of Christ. Mm-hmm. And because of his name, it is only because of his power and his name that they bow to. Because if we could just be like, oh, demon, get out of here, and we didn't have Jesus, they don't need, they don't have to listen. They don't fear you. They don't fear you because you you are below them that way because like you just don't have that power and I'm not saying you're worse than a demon I'm not saying that but they if you're like not rooted in Christ Mm -hmm. and you don't have that authority um they've been living in you forever and you didn't know it Mm -hmm. they they have power and we cannot um I think a big thing that hinders people especially Christians to think that Christians cannot be attacked or possessed by demons is because they're like oh well they don't have any power over you no they don't have any power over Christ um, they don't have any power over you if you proclaim it out and you know who you are in Jesus and you have that authority. They don't have power over you. But I think the biggest thing is that the church has downplayed the power of the demonic. Yeah, they don't like to talk about it. They don't like because it's uncomfortable and it makes people sound like they're crazy when they talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I wish I would have known about it sooner, you know, because this was something that was very real. This, these were doors that I opened for myself years ago by consulting a medium and I had to deal with the repercussions of that and it only was until I started learning about it where it became very apparent and I said you know because I was still very skeptical I said holy spirit if this is real I need you to show me I need you to like prove this to me because I don't want to have the wool pulled over my eyes um and he opened my eyes to it a lot and it's something that I you can't tell me isn't real anymore. The problem with this world is that the words hell, demons, Satan, sin, sin, we don't talk about them. It's taboo. It's weird. It's unnecessarily scary. Some people think hell really isn't as bad as it actually is. No, it says it's a lake of fire. And the thing, the thing about hell is that we, we have to look at all the things that the Bible says that God is. God is love. 
So is there going to be love in hell? No. God is peace. Is there going to be peace in hell? No. God is light. Is there going to be light in hell? No. It's going to be absolute darkness. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you don't you, you don't get to see Kitri just had a cheerleader moment. I'm like, <gasps> can we stop downplaying hell? I see so many times, especially on social media, I'm just going to hell in a handbasket. Or when somebody says go to hell, that for Ooh. me, I'm like, <gasps> you just curse that person. Do not say that. Yep. Or, um, you know, the memes that come up, like me and my friends meeting each other in hell. And mm-hmm. it's like a, supposed to be a big party a joke, with champagne yeah. and all of this. And it's, we have turned, and this is what Satan wants. He, he wants it to look like a big party mm-hmm. and that it's just going to be fun. Um, your sin is going to follow you there. Um, and that is the verse where it says that light and darkness, like God cannot be around evil. And so that is the, the one place that he will not be. Um, and you know, the Bible says it talks about the fear of the Lord. And a lot of people think it's fear meaning scary. Um, but we just heard it recently explained it it's not fearing of him like in a scary way it's that fear of being without him Mm -hmm. and so when we go to hell or when people go to hell it is the one place where god is not so love is not there peace is not there joy is not there goodness all of that stuff it is literally torture it is cold you are burning i don't know how that works but it's just like there's just he's not there and let me just say this God did not create hell for humans. It was never intended for us to be there. Right. It was only intended for Lucifer when he was cast out of heaven with one third of the angels. It was never intended for us. But when, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, that is where it then now became a place for us as well because we died our spiritual death and we were no longer connected to God's it spirit. It broke our relationship. It broke that relationship. It broke that um, that opportunity for us to dwell and live with God because he is all things holy. We were never intended to be there. Hell was not created for humans. So a lot of people are like, oh, well, God created hell and he created it for Satan and his fallen angels alone. That was what it was meant for. And it was because through our fallen sin, that unfortunately it is now the punishment for us if we do not turn to Jesus. But it was never intended for us. And we look in, in Luke 16 and we hear the, we read the story about the rich man who goes to hell. Yeah. And he, we're gr- granted this glimpse into yep. hell. And he says, please send, I think it was Lazarus, please send Lazarus to come and just dip his finger, you know, in some water and just place a droplet on mm-hmm. my tongue. I mean, that's, think about eternity. Just aside all of the other just horrible things that are happening, just that alone, just mm-hmm. needing a drop of water because it's so hot and you're so parched yep. for eternity. And he's like, I'm not going to do that, you know. And then he was like, well, let my let my brother see, you know. And then I guarantee you that they'll turn turn to Christ. Mm-hmm. And he says, if you're not going to, he said, they're not going to believe. No. They don't believe already. Why would I show them? You know, they're not going to believe. And right. that's just where we're at now is 
you have to understand that the word of God is absolute truth. The things yeah. that it says, heaven and hell are real. And you can't take it lightly. You can't not, you can't wait. <laughs> you no. can't, you can't put it off. Anything can happen. Anything can happen in the next 10 minutes. And then you're there and there's no turning back. You have to put your faith in, in Christ Jesus. It's the only way, the only way to get out of that yep. is to believe. And you don't get to see for yourself. You have to believe. And that's what we talk about. And that's all it is to have that faith in Jesus yep. is to believe and to speak it out that you trust in him as your Lord and Savior and that you know that he died on the cross for you and that you know that after three days he raised again. And know that only through him will you go to heaven. You have to believe those things because it is. It's something that has become a joke. It's become a meme. It's become all these things that nobody takes seriously. And it's going to be too late. Yep. And do you want to, do you want to have everybody's like souls on your hands too? Mm -hmm. Because you're not telling them the the truth of what the Bible says. Hell is real, Satan is real, demons yeah. are real. But we have such a loving God that he created a way out. Mm-hmm. Because we damned ourselves to hell when we sinned, um, when Adam and Eve sinned. But he created a way out because he loved us that much. And so he sent it in Jesus because he's like, this. I don't want this for my children. I don't want them to go there. I don't want to have to judge them to that place. Um, so he created a way out because, I mean, if you look at it, he has every right. He had every right to completely wipe away all of humanity, kill us all and start over. But that's not what he chose to do. Instead, he chose to create a way out for us. And, um, a lot of people, um, you know, kind of ask, oh, well, why does God allow this? And why does God allow that? Um, all of it comes down to our free will and our choice because, um, forced love is not love. It's manipulation. Mm -hmm. If you were, um, let's say like forced into a relationship and you had no way out and you're, and you, and you had to love that person against your will, that's not love. That's manipulation. That's abuse. God gave us free will because he wanted us to choose to love him rather than him wiping us all out, starting from scratch and having us blindly love him without that choice and without that option. He found a loophole through the blood covenant. Yep. And that, that is the way that he allowed grace and mercy into the world is that he had to create our savior to be born As a man, as a man, as the second Adam to be raised as a baby, to walk on this earth, to experience the things that we experience and then to die a sinless death Mm -hmm. and to feel the things that we feel. I mean, there's nothing that we go through that Christ didn't have to go through himself Mm -hmm. and that he saved people from. Mm -hmm. Um, and not just on the cross, but like when he was actually here, he saved people from. And I just wanted to touch back 
circle back really fast to the drug and the alcohol thing because that is another really big thing that um, culture is into heavily, especially alcohol, because um, it is the one thing that is legal that people can ingest as much as they want. And it's not, I mean, it has boundaries on it, of course, but um, first Peter five, eight says, be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He's looking for somebody And, um, I listened to a sermon once about alcohol and when you go to a grocery store, it's, it it always says wine and spirits. Mm. And, um, I always thought that was really weird. Mm -hmm. And then I listened to him and it's because when you continually ingest it, you know, when you get drunk, um, it allows for spirits to enter. And I'm not saying if you drink alcohol you're allowing yourself no I'm talking when you are constantly getting inebriated Mm -hmm. drunk you know where it says you know to stay sober when we're like constantly delving into these things where we are not sober-minded we are not ourselves I mean I can't even tell you how many times um personally for me because I used to be a big party girl Mm -hmm. um or I would do stuff or I would say stuff when I was drunk and I'd be like, I don't know who that was because that was not me. Mm-hmm. It's because it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Because when I, when you're like that and when you're inebriated, especially with the drugs, you know, when you hallucinate and you see all of that stuff, it's just another way of opening a door. Um, and so with, with drugs and alcohol, especially with alcohol, because it says and spirits, it's because when you constantly drink that, um, it turns your spirit into something that it was not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I've gives you a different spirit. It gives you a different spirit. Um, and that's why, you know, alcoholism is, um, I think so prevalent in our culture. Um, I also think that's why the Holy Spirit told me for a while, he does not want me to drink. And once again, that's him telling me, I am not telling people you cannot drink. Mm -hmm. That is for you and God. And if he tells you, you can drink, you can drink. But for me, um, He's like, you're not going to do this, at least for a while. I don't know how long. But um, I have a tendency to not know when to say no, especially when it comes out to having drinks with a friend. I always say, oh, I'm just going to have one, and then I have two or three. Um, I never get inebriated anymore. Um, I used to heavily when I was a lot younger, Um, but not anymore. I don't, but I still have like that tendency to want to people please. And I want to stay later and I want to be with my friends and I don't want to be the, um, the, the grandma of the group. And so, but then I, I also see, you know, people that I love falling deep into alcoholism. And the thing that makes me the most angry is the people around that see it and they say nothing. That's where it's a problem. Especially, like, if you see somebody within your, in your friend group, your family group, and they're struggling with drugs or they're struggling with alcohol, um, you need to say something. Because that stuff will destroy them. It will destroy marriages. It will destroy lives. It will, I mean, and not just their life. I mean, it could destroy the life of somebody that they hit on the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people have we lost to drugs and alcohol because a drunk or a inebriated driver hit a family and the family died, but the drunk driver lives. Mm -hmm. Like, how is that fair? And so I have a problem with 
with it when people see that kind of stuff and they're like, oh, I just don't want to make them mad. Excuse me. You don't want to offend them for, by sitting them down and be like, hey, I think you have a problem. You need to go get help. That's ridiculous. You see somebody struggling with substance issues and you don't want to say anything because you're afraid of it, of it offending them. You know what's more offensive is visiting them in prison. Mm-hmm. What's more offensive is going to their funeral. Or like I just mentioned, what's more offensive is um, having to look at a family that they killed on the road because of their substance issues. Because it is a different spirit that comes upon us when we are inebriated and not sober. That is why the Bible tells us to be sober-minded. is because it weakens us for, for attacks for Satan to devour us like lions. And if you can't get to them through your words, if they absolutely will not let you talk to them, then you pray and you mm-hmm. pray diligently and yep. you don't stop because God will yep. answer your prayers, but you have to have to ask for, for some redemption yep. for some grace for that person. Um, I can personally attest you don't want to live with that guilt. Mm. It's um, it's not fun. It's not fun to have to overcome when you should have been the one to say something to stop to pray and then they're not here anymore so it's it's definitely something that's and that's a hard line it is that's a really hard line to walk and like I mean it's hard especially when you see somebody going through that but at the same time they are still responsible for their choices um but I I just know that they no longer have control at that point because they are I, controlled by right. it. What I held on to for a long time was wh- while he was still alive was who he was when he wasn't drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, because when he wasn't drinking, he was the absolute greatest human being in the entire world. Right. But when he was drinking, it wasn't him. Right. And what ultimately happened was not anything that he outside of the spirit of alcohol would have ever done. Yeah. And you have to speak up and you have to pray. Yeah. So there's there's so many different venues and Satan is so intelligent and he will hit you exactly where you need to. He needs to. He will hit you in your absolute weakest spot. If it's alcohol for you, if it's drugs, if it's um, seeking, you know, something so seemingly simple as reading your horoscope every day, mm-hmm. he will get you there. Absolutely. I mean, he, he knows your Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. And you better believe he's going to use it. I mean, just looking at my life, he used every weakness I possibly had <laughs> against me. Um, he's used it against you. He's used it against people. And... um you know, I just want to say this, like, yeah, he'll use our weaknesses against you or he'll use situations like that. Like you were just talking about Tasha against us, but that's just a really cheap shot mm-hmm. of him to do. Yeah. And it is. And Especially you- cause like, you know, if, if he wants you to take the guilt mm-hmm. and the blame for that, that's, that's not of God and that's not anything on you. That's just him trying to hurt you. Right. And that's, that's where if you lose somebody and you have that grief, that's where you can't settle into your grief. Mm-hmm. It's not saying that you can't have moments. I still have moments. Yep. Where I grieve and mm-hmm. it's super hard. And but you can't take, but you can't take responsibility for that because it's, you weren't the one who did it. 
And what you have to do in those moments is to find peace in God. And Lord, help my grieving heart. Yeah. And not sit there and and take it in a worldly situation. Right. And I wasn't trying to be um, judgy. No. Or, or, or condemning. I've, I've had people reach out to me about a specific person in my life who have said, he is massively struggling with how much he drinks. Mm-hmm. What should we do? Tell him. Right. Oh, I can't do that. That's too offensive. I don't know what else you want me to do then. To yeah. Do then, dude. I, I've had those conversations with people where I'm like, hey, bro, or hey, girl, like, I see this taking over your life. Um, and that's, it can be a very scary situation. I remember like when I sat down and talked to somebody, I was sweating bullets because you don't know how they're going to react. Um, and for a people pleaser, that's super hard. Oh, it's terrifying. Mm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But, um, I just remember I was like, I, it hit a point where like, if I don't say something and something happens, I will blame myself for it. And, but once again, even if something did happen and I didn't necessarily say anything, it was not my choice. Mm-hmm. I did not, I did not, I don't have control over somebody else's actions, but I was just like, okay, I'm going to say my piece. I'm going to talk to him about it. Um, I've talked to family members and friends and stuff about it. Not like in my family, but family members of those that I've seen going through it. And I'm like one, you know, one person might be like, Oh, I think you're, you're drinking a little bit too much. But you can be like, oh, it's just it's just their opinion. But when you have multiple people coming forward and like, hey, bro, we I think we see a problem here. Mm-hmm. It might it might open their eyes. Maybe one person does it. Maybe it, it maybe you need an intervention. You know. And there's not one example in scripture where Jesus was like, oh, I don't want to offend them. I don't want to. No. no, he was just straight up on. He always did it with mercy and grace. Absolutely, always did. Yep. But he always was genuine and. And did it tactfully, but let's let's get to the root of the problem. Right. And so, you know, like, and especially, like, if you, I mean, and looking at, like, the, back to, like, the witchcraft stuff, like, looking at the crystals, there's so many crystals that are out there for, like, protection, mm-hmm. uh, for healing. Um, I looked up this one. Um, it's called energymuse.com. And, um what what the occult with crystals believe you know for protection against evil spirits or protection against um illnesses or disease or addiction um there are crystals that help with addiction or whatever um it's weird um this is legit from this website it says these powerfully charged stones connect us to energies we want to embody because they are tangible physical forms that have powerful vibrations this energy continu- um, continues to connect with you when you wear these intention crystals close to the skin or place them in your environment. So it's literally saying that these crystals embody tangible physical forms. You are inviting mm-hmm. things in. Well, let's look at the history of all of the idols that there are. They're all things that you can see or all things that you can hold. Like you say, they're all tangible. Tangible. The true form of what belief needs to be is not seen. Absolutely. Amen. If it's anything that you are holding, that you are touching, that you are looking for vibrations or good vibes from, it's not legit. Yeah. And you know what's funny? On that same website that talked about how crystals have healing powers and all this stuff, um, it's talking about, like, do they work? 
and it's just kind of funny. It goes, many people wonder if crystals have healing powers. And while there are many anecdotes describing the curative effects of healing stones, crystal energy works differently on everyone, depending on how receptive you are. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry, your own website just literally said crystals are a crock of, you know what? Because, oh, it's, it's based on how it's a disclaimer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just, if you, you have to be more receptive. If it's it's not working, it's you, you're doing something wrong. You're not doing it right. You're not letting go of some energy or you didn't center your chakras correctly, or you didn't, it's religion based Mm -hmm. in darkness. Yeah. It's you have to do this in order to get your healing. You have to be open to this in order to get your powers. You have to be. We have a God that says, I will come to you and you don't have to do anything. So another sore note we're probably going to hit on people is um, (laughs) Kitri's like, what are you going to say? Let's talk about yoga. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Namaste. I'm going to (laughs) go. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm going to go. No, I'm going to go. Yeah. Um, Yoga. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So it's not exactly rooted in the health health world by any means. So how much do you know about it being in the fitness world? Um, oh my gosh, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, like they're they're like, it's so good for you and it's just so calming and it uh, just helps you stretch and you just become more mobile. You can stretch. Yeah. Like, you can absolutely stretch however you want. Um, I will I will say that there are some yoga poses that you do that are you have to be incredibly strong in order to do them. However, like if you want to just get flexy, just get flexy. But yoga is <laughs> <laughs> yoga is deeply rooted in Hinduism. Mm-hmm. And um, the poses are rooted into bowing or giving homage to the Hindu gods. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I remember like the most is that the positions and being what it's rooted in. Yeah, it's deeply rooted in Hinduism and um there it's very very about centering your your energy. Mm-hmm. It's about the yoke um, or something chan- like right? yeah, channeling your energy um centering your chakras. Um and you can I mean there's so many posters on you know, what like certain things in yoga can do for like this part of your body or can do this for this part of your body. But it's deeply rooted in the worship of other gods. It's very new age. Oh, very. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, I'm not saying all, but most people that I think are, who are deep into the crystals and the, the occult and the witchcraft stuff practice yoga. And I'm not necessarily saying that's connected, but it is massively um, a, a part of it because mm-hmm. it does talk about the chakras and the the. It's all about the energy and channeling, um, and manifesting and speaking out, which is funny because it's it's very very similar mm-hmm. to Christ. Yeah, it's it's a it's a deceptive form of spirituality. Absolutely. And what does the enemy want to do? He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's also known as a deceiver because in order to have deception, there has to be a little bit of truth in it. And so there's like biblical principles behind like some of the stuff that yoga is. It's like, okay, if you want a positive life, you have to speak positive things. Mm-hmm. You have to speak it into the universe. But all it does is it 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 talks about energies from the universe and I'm just going to throw it out into the universe. God created the universe, Mm -hmm. but that's, that's where it's rooted in. And so it's weird that it has those principles. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because there's a lot of, like you say, there's a lot of um, finding that inner peace, finding that you're, a lot of people will say that yoga is a spiritual experience. Yep. And we're not against exercise. Absolutely. I, (laughs) she's a love exercise. (laughs) It is one of my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. But no, get your exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, And once again, if you, practice yoga and you're Christian, we're not calling you a bad Christian Mm -mm. at all. Just do your research on it. Do your research. Pray about it. Yep. Let the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. guide you because if you get your Bible from other humans, you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's basically a, it's, it's an activity that's based, like she said, on another religion that is formed to worship a different type of idol. And we know scripturally that we're not to partake in those things. And one of, so I'm looking up like chakras and there's um, one at the very top of the head. It's called the crown chakra. The one by your eyes is called the third eye chakra. Mm-hmm. Where else have you th- heard of third eye stuff before mm-hmm. Tasha? In the occult. Yeah, in the occult. It's in the occult because it's like where, you know, it. that's where they th- say like your spirit because you can see things. Mm-hmm. Then you have your throat chakra, your heart chakra, your solar plex chakra, your sacral chakra, your root chakra. It goes from head to toe. And I listened to a girl who uh, used to be in the occult, used to practice yoga and then turned to Christ. And she said it was very, very normal, you know, cause like if you're feeling like something is off in your energies, mm-hmm. um, that you, you just had to be more receptive. You had to open your heart and your soul and your mind to the, to the energies of the, of the universe and for different spirits, once again, opening those doors to things. Um, and if it, she said, and it would work for a while, it does work for a while. She goes, but then eventually you still needed to go, like you still needed a fix again, pretty much mm-hmm. is how she described it, especially with the, with the yoga thing. And if she kept struggling with something, it was always cause, Oh, well you just didn't, um, open your heart enough. You just didn't open your mind enough. Once again, I'm not against stretching. I'm not against health, but you have to know where things are rooted in mm-hmm. because if you don't know where it's rooted, um, it's just another way for the devil to prowl around like a lion. And I pfft, <laughs> what <laughs> I became the Christian I never wanted to be <laughs> and, I, and I mean because I used to look at Christians who talked about this and I thought they were nuts I was like you've mm-hmm. got something wrong in the mind because um, I'm like there's no way that a book or yoga or a movie you're, you're or stretching a podcast for it, yeah. or anything is inviting de- demons in but after the dreams I've dreamed and the things that I've seen and the things that God has legit pulled me out of, I'm like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, and it's out of, um, and I'm not meaning this in a bad way. It's out of ignorance that I thought that because I just, I wasn't taught it. I didn't see it. Um, and it wasn't until I asked the Holy spirit to open my eyes to those things where he's like, are you sure? Because it's going to get a little crazy. And now I'm like, the, the the freak that I like always made <laughs> well, fun of. We we are we're raised with an ignorance of Satan and yep. demonic activity, and we we all are. I, I guarantee that there's very few people out there that learn about that from the get go. It's something that my kids are very familiar with yep. Satan and um, 
the forms that he can present himself to them. And, you know, just on the way to school the other day, my daughter just flat out said, mom, like we were talking about something. She was like, mom, she's five. That's from Satan. And I said, you're absolutely right. That's from Satan. Good girl. And they're learning to recognize those things because I'm teaching them because we don't get taught that. And in Sunday school, we talk about Satan. In Sunday school, we talk about how to stay away, how to recognize Satan's influence on your life. But we grow up having this ignorance of him. And so therefore, all these things that are just fun little things that we do, especially, I mean, we keep going back to the horoscopes, but how many times I've had this conversation with somebody, you know, like they asked me what my my sign was and I said I don't believe in that stuff I said that's yeah. against what everything the Bible te- teaches me about oh we don't be that way they're just fun you know we just do it for fun and it's easy to justify that and to put it off but in all actuality it's just goes to show how absolutely deceptive Satan is yep. absolutely because he can take something so simple so simple and that's so minimal to you yep. and get to you through that yeah. Or, you know, just, I mean, there are spirits in this world. I mean, especially like so many people believe in the paranormal. Okay. This is weird. Um, so many people believe in the paranormal and believe in demons and believe in spirits, mm-hmm. but they are usually the same people. Uh, I'm going to say this a different way. It's going to come out wrong and it's not going to be, it's not going to, I'm not going to say it how I mean it. There are many people who chase after the paranormal and believe that is real, but deny the existence mm-hmm. of God. And, and that's absolutely true. They'll sit there. I have had flat out borderline heated arguments. They would have been heated had I not been trying to keep it escalate um, about the absolute existence of ghosts because they had flat out seen evidence of it. Yep. And you're not going to tell me that I didn't see that, that I didn't hear it, that I didn't experience I believe you absolutely did. Yeah, and that's what I said. I said, if that's what you wanted to believe and to see, and that's what you want to categorize it as, as ghosts, then I absolutely believe, but I'm sitting here telling you that it's not ghosts. It's of the devil. Yeah, and um, a big, this is, and I purposely researched this and looked this up. There is one piece of scripture that talks about a ghost, quote unquote, and a medium who brought a soul from the dead. Mm-hmm. And that is the witch of Endor. And that is in first Samuel 28. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a big thing that people will come back with in the Bible. Here's, uh, this is one thing that my pastor said. He's like, if you can only find one scripture and you can't find my, uh, others Multiple. to back it up, don't go off of that because it can be twisted so easily. And he's not saying that the Bible isn't right. He's right. not saying that that's not yeah. a, a fact that it was stating in there, but, but it, t- God, if he really means something, he tends to overstate mm-hmm. a lot. And, you know, one scripture, okay, people can just take it out of context and you just need to, he's like, just make sure that you can find two at least. Um, and so, and by the way, the witch of Endor sounds like something from Lord I know, I know. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I was like, let's not. <laughs> like, it sounds like something from Lord of the Rings. So I'm just going to quickly read it. Um, and I'm going to break it down and I'm going to prove to you why um, witchcraft is still stupid and why this isn't real. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying the Bible's lying. I'm saying that I'll, I'll get there. Okay, I'm going to shut up. Okay, so First uh, Samuel 28, 3. Now Samuel was dead and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in his own town of Ramah. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Ramah. I'm sorry, Ramah, whatever. Um, 
Saul had expelled all the mediums and spiritists from the land. The Philistines assembled and came up and said at Shunem, while Saul, <laughs> I can't, I can't with some of these names. While Saul gathered at Israel and set up camp at Gilboa, when Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid. Terror filled his heart. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dreams or Urim or prophets. Saul then said to his attendants, "Find me a woman who is a medium, so I may go and inquire of her." Wrong step, right there. Right. Wrong step. Which right is there. funny because it's. Seemingly somebody who should know better. Yep. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, this is pretty much when uh, Saul was just outside of God mm-hmm. and outside of his protection. He had done a lot wrong. And so um, God didn't answer him. And so they said, there is one in Endor, they said. So Saul, Saul disguised himself, putting on other clothes. And at night, he and two men went to the woman. Consult a spirit for me, he said, and bring up for me the one I name. But the woman said to him, surely you know what Saul has done. He has cut off all the mediums and spiritists from the land. Why have you set a trap for my life to bring about my death? Saul swore to her by the Lord. What? (laughs) Oh, no, you're a medium. I swear to God. Mm -hmm. I swear on the Lord that I won't kill you. Whatever. It's, it goes, that just goes back to his. Shows you who he was. Who he was, yeah. He wasn't rooted in God. Saul swore by the Lord to her, as surely as the Lord lives, you will not be punished for this. Oh, that is just such blasphemy. Um, Then the woman asked, whom shall I bring up for you? Bring up Samuel, he said. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out at the top of her voice and said to Saul, why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, don't be afraid. What do you see? The woman said, I see a ghost figure coming up out of the earth. What does he look like? He asked. An old man wearing a robe is coming up, she said. Then Saul knew it was Samuel, and he bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? I am in great distress, Saul said. The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has departed from me. He no longer answers me, either by prophet or by dreams. So I have, I have called on you to tell me what to do. Samuel said, why do you consult me now that the Lord has departed from you and become your enemy? Mm -hmm. The Lord has done what he predicted through me. The Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hands and given it to your neighbors, to David, because you did not obey the Lord or carry out his fierce, fierce, fierce wrath against the Amalekites. The Lord has done with, has done this to you today. The Lord will deliver both Israel and you into the hands of the Philistines. And tomorrow your son, you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also give the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. Immediately Saul fell full length on the ground, filled with fear because of Samuel's words. His strength was gone for he had eaten nothing that day and night. When the woman came to Saul and saw he was greatly shaken, she said, look, your servant has obeyed you. I took my life in my hands and did what you told me to. Now, please listen to your servant and let me give you some food so you may eat and go on your way. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, let me mm-hmm. just break this down on why this is, um, why that was not Samuel. It wasn't Samuel. Because um, the Bible does not contradict itself. And so when it says, like, to not consult the dead, number one, Saul acted wildly outside of the commandments of God. Well, it had been banned. I mean, he and was he, the one who he had was banned, who banned it. it. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, just kidding. I need to have an mm-hmm. answer. Um so when the woman consulted, quote unquote, Samuel, I said, when the woman saw Samuel, she screeched, you know, she cried at the top of her voice and said to Saul, why have you deceived me? You're Saul. So when the, she only saw it, he didn't see anything because if he would have, he wouldn't have asked, what do you see? Mm-hmm. 
she saw it. So she could have absolutely been pulling his leg, which a lot of times they do, right? They just make up crap that's like, you know, pretty easy. And then <laughs> what's funny, he's like, what does he look like? And she's like, it's an old man wearing a robe coming up. Anybody. Anybody It, it could have been anybody in that <laughs> age. <laughs> um, they all wore robes, okay? Um, so she 100% could have been pulling his leg. Um, but then, it, you know, it kind of goes into this detail. You know, why have you disturbed me? And then he's, um, you know, God won't answer me. God won't do this. And then Samuel knew about everything that was going on. But the Lord had departed from Saul. And so once again, those familiar spirits, they know about us. They know about our life. So they knew what he had done. They like those demons knew about everything. But Samuel said that um, Saul would be killed by the Philistines. But if you read on further down, Saul kills himself, mm -hmm. which means it wasn't actually Samuel. Right. He, yes, Samuel, uh, Saul was delivered into the Philistines, but late, you know, it said that, um, he would be killed by a Philistine. Um, but Saul, it says Saul fell on his own sword. Mm -hmm. He killed himself. So it just goes to show that the divination or the, the, that was not fully correct. It was slightly true, mm -hmm. but Which it was still Satan's wrong. so good about doing is taking very and, good yeah, about that. He takes an almost truth and manipulates it exactly just a little bit. So, it just goes to show that that was not God. That was not a, you know, uh, that was a familiar spirit. Very, very, very close to almost being right, mm -hmm. but still was not wrong. But Saul didn't see the ghost. The woman did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just to probably make sure that she didn't um, die, she like maybe over-dramatized it or whatever, but it just kind of goes to show that there was still deception in the quote-unquote spirit from Samuel because it was not correct in the end. Well, she was already filled with the spirit of fear. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's just so many things that yep. are contradictory to what we know of, of Jesus. And yes, somebody's going to be out there saying, but Jesus raised people from the dead. Jesus, you know, yeah, he did. God, God was able to take, you know, Elijah up without, what? Elisha without like dying. He yeah, just he took die. him up in a cloud. Just took him up. You know, he can do whatever he wants. Yep. But. He also says that there's no such thing as ghosts. Yep. So we have to take the Bible as the absolute truth. And raising some from, someone from the dead back to life is way different than consulting the spirit right. of the dead. It's right. it's really different. So like if you're practicing occult things and you, you might feel convicted, you know, I mean, it, it, and you're like, oh, well, it said that God is going to burn up, um, you know, all of the witches and all of these people that do that. Um, they're still redemption for that well we look at elisha when he raised a little boy back from the dead and he didn't he wasn't sitting there mixing a pot in a cauldron and he wasn't like calling on um mm -hmm. all these different beings and whatnot and you know lighting candles or anything what did he do he mm -hmm. laid on top of him seven times and he prayed to god mm -hmm. i mean that's all it took yeah because god is the one that hangs the moon and the stars He's the one who calls them by name. He has created the universe. He has created all of that. He is the ultimate being. And I feel like people who are in the occult or who do this, um, it is just a way that their soul is crying out for a higher power. Because I firmly believe that we are created with a yearning mm -hmm. to find our father. Because mm -hmm. we, are, we are born into death spiritually because we are separated from him, mm -hmm. but we were created 
from the get-go to be in fellowship and in communion with him daily. And when our soul and our spirit does not have that, we have a yearning to find that again. And so people are, are, are being deceived into these occult practices or to the horoscopes because they want that higher power. They believe that there is a higher power out there that can tell them what their future holds, that can help them center themselves and can give them that peace. But it is just being twisted and perverted by the devil. Looking in the wrong spot. Looking in the wrong spot. And the word perversion just means twisted. Mm-hmm. I know like we you know, use the word pervert for like gross sexual stuff, but yeah, perversion just not, means yeah, twisted. Just, just a- yeah. Um, but in Ezekiel 13... It says, um, 17, it says, now son of man, set your face against the daughters of your people who prophesy out of their own imagination, prophecy, prophesy against them and said, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to the woman who sew magic charms on their wrists and make veils of various lengths for their heads in order to ensnare people. Will you ensnare the lives of my people, but, but preserve your own. You have profaned me among my people for a few handfuls of barley and scraps of bread by lying to my people who listen to lies, you have killed those who should not have died and have spared those who should not have lived. So he's saying this divination that you're practicing, these magic, it's a lie. Mm-hmm. You're And you're deceiving people with it. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against your magic charms with which you ensnare people like birds and I will tear them from your arms. I will set free the people you have ensnared like birds. I will tear off your veils and I will save my people from your hands and they will no longer fall prey to your power. Then you will know that I am Lord. So he's saying your power that you claim you have, I'm going to destroy it and I am going to uncover the eyes of the people that you have so masterfully deceived and I'm going to free them from it. He is literally saying in me, I will set you free from this. And listen to the words that he says. That's not mincing anything. He is not happy. He's mad. He is not happy. And yep. I mean, if if we are to emanate and copy anything, it's who our Lord is. Absolutely. And so we need to take that absolutely mm-hmm. and just run with it. He is not happy about the people that do this. And we shouldn't be either. They're deceiving they're they are ensnaring them. Yeah, they're ensnaring. They're, they're and what and then another word for ensnare is you are enslaving them because you're leading them astray, mm-hmm. away from God mm-hmm. into things that are false. Yep, you're opening the door for Satan to just run right in. Yep, but it it's beautiful at the end because he says, "I will set them free," mm-hmm. and because of this, they will know that I am God. He is the hope. He is the hope, not the crystals. I mean. I mean, and, but God, I mean, God created crystal, but not, they, they don't have power. They don't have power. It is the dark entity behind them that does. Um, but Avian says in heaven, there's Jasper and all of these beautiful stones everywhere, but he created the stones. Yeah. He created the stars. He created the moon. They're not, to be he worshipped. created everything. They are not, they are not to be worshiped. Exactly. Tasha, but he is, and they don't, they won't help you in life. They won't get you anywhere. They won't give you what you're looking for. Only he can do that. My daughter, um, <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty cute, but it was, I knew this, the, this talk was coming up and it made me think last night because she, we had, um, avocados that we were cutting up and she, you know, the avocado seeds are huge, massive. And she just was like, 
enthralled with this avocado seed. Like, <laughs> slept with the avocado seed. No. No, I'm not even joking. Okay. <laughs> okay. Lays down at night. You know, I love my avocado seed. It just makes me feel so good. I can't, you know, it's a five-year-old clinging on to a different form of a stuffed animal, you know, yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the night before she was, she had a stuffed bird. I love my birdie. I love my, uh-huh. and it's just, it's the same thing. But it made me think, I was like, how easy. Because the first thing she did when she woke up this morning, and she'll forget about it in two days. Yep. But the first thing she did when she woke up, where's my avocado seed? Uh. You know? And it just made me think, I was like, how easy is it for us to take an object and become Attached. obsessed uh-huh. with it? Yep. It's not hard. It's very, very easy. So easy. Especially if it, like for her, it made me think, it made me think of the crystals because like this morning she went and she was at the table and she was like peeling off all the brown stuff that was on it. And so it was super smooth and she washed it and she was just sitting there rubbing it a little bit. And it made me think of crystals, how people sit there and they rub on them and they find comfort in them. And, and I think, I mean, cause I'm listening to this and I'm just like, yeah, that's. That's about right. Like, but you know, cause you're all, you're also like, that's kind of weird. But then at the same time, it's like, that's probably how God sees people who are like rubbing their crystals for protection. Yeah. He, it's like him, like looking down and we just got like an avocado seed yeah. or, or right. gravel. Right. It's to like, him, it's, it's like, like gravel. It's like, what are you doing? You that thing is absolutely nothing. It's nothing. It's not going to do anything for <laughs> right. you. Like you're rubbing an avocado seed, honey. Yeah. It ain't going to do nothing nope. for you. Nope. Yeah. But I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's something that has taken the world by storm and it is only getting stronger, but there is a stronger power. Yeah. People are looking for comfort. It's just like her. She was just looking for something that was comforting to her yep. for some reason last night. And that's, that's what it was. And it was, it was fun for her. And am I concerned that she's going to start worshiping an avocado? Absolutely not. Yeah. But it's just an, an example of how easy it is to become attached to something and to find comfort in an Absolutely. object and not in the right thing. Yep. Find your identity, find your peace, find your love in Christ, because he's the only person mm-hmm. that can give it to you. He is the only person that can give it to you. Not the crystals, not the stars, not the mediums, not anything else. And, but I just felt like this is a big, this is a big thing that's leading people away. It's deceiving people. And Satan's very cunning, but he's still powerless against God. I mean, he's already defeated. Sucks for him. (laughs) Yeah. But But. there's, there's so much uneasiness in these things. And when people are lost and they're looking for something, sometimes it feels good to, to get something that's raw and edgy. And that's why they go to kind of the dark side and yeah. And they, they do these things that are, are to other people. We look at them and we're like, man, that's, that's rough, Mm -hmm. you know, but to them it makes sense. Yep. And it's just, it's just a form, but the same people that are, sitting out there and practicing witchcraft are just as lost as the people who are out there consulting mediums. And, you know, I mean, and it's just different forms and it goes back to however Satan can find your in. Yep. It's going to be completely different for somebody else. I mean, we just listened to um, one of a ladies that's so near and dear to us talk about something that um, to her was allowing some demonic forces into her family. Mm -hmm. And it was something that when we heard what it was, what it was for her, we were all kind of like, what? I literally went, really? Yeah. 
but she recognized that. Yep. But and it was because the Holy Spirit yep. had discerned to her, hey, I don't want you doing that. Yep. I don't want you listening to that. Yep. I don't want you opening it. She was doors. praying about it. She asked God. She was like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know, what is because there is something not good going on here. Where is it coming from? Yep. She sought that out. And for her, it was something that to us, we literally, we all were like, what? Yeah, we all looked around like, yeah. did she really just say that? Yep. But once again, it's it's for her. And it's and it, every everyone's discernment of the Holy Spirit is different. What he says in the Bible goes, but what he tells you by yourself, it's different yep. for everybody. But yeah, I mean, I probably sounded a little nuts to some people in that, but that's okay. But once got once the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to it, you can call me crazy. That's fine. But I know it's real. And we so we told you guys at the beginning, we're going to talk about the things that the church doesn't want to talk about and the things that people don't want to talk about. But this is nothing that we're not being able to back by scripture. I think, yeah, and I, I, I don't know. Let me look at my notes here. I gave one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have a lot down. Isaiah eight nineteen says to trust God instead. Look up Galatians 5, 20 through 21. I, I think I have 12 scriptures mm-hmm. just on this. I, just pull it up on your phone and go verses against witchcraft. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, there's tons out there. I mean, I found one that's like 18 top scriptures, 25 scriptures about witchcraft. It's in there and it is backed up over yeah. and over Multiple and times. over again. So do your research, pray. You know, we're always here for you guys. You can find us at in on where where can they find us? <laughs> what on? podcast are we? <laughs> we're the In God She Trust podcast. <laughs> you can you can email us at igstrust at gmail dot com. I should probably check that. The email I address. I haven't checked it since I got my new phone. <laughs> uh, I should probably do that. Um, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. Reach out to us. Whatever. I mean, we're here for people, and I mean. We're happy to answer questions. If we yeah. don't know the answers, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll we'll look. We'll pray about it. Yeah. We'll consult people who do. Yeah. And whenever, like, especially, like, I say something that sounds really bold and, like, kind of p- powerful, it's set out of love. Mm-hmm. Because I lived my life for a decade completely with the wool pulled over my eyes. And I just have a passion for people who are living the same. And so it might come out sassy. It might come out powerful or feel or, or the feeling of judgment it's not against you it's against the enemy who put that thought into your brain and understand that where we come from there's a lot of things that we speak out against that we've done ourselves yeah and so I mean it's it's been a learning and a growing experience yeah. for both of us and we're not speaking out of complete ignorance we we've no. been there yeah it's because we love you guys and sometimes love is saying the hard things so but Thank you for joining us, and we will see you after the Thanksgiving holiday. Eat to your heart's desires. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.